This is Bouncing Off the Ground with Bash and Bird. What a week in Fantasyland. You put a, you put a Sunday game in, it all goes crazy. But uh, we'll update on that uh, a little bit later on, yeah. Well, a few people were saying last week, can you keep this going for another 21 weeks after this weekend? I think I think it's going to be an absolute doddle birdie. An absolute <laughs> doddle. Let's see if I've got the energy at the end of all that. <laughs> I think we've got the content. It's whether, it's whether I've got the energy to keep it going. Well, listen, we, 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 we have got an... It's going to be hard to keep up the standard of tonight's pod, Birdie. There's no doubt yeah. about that. We've got... A lot of people say it would never happen. But all being well, we should be joined at any minute by um, the um, the legend that is Travis Martin. A slight technical hiccup as we've discovered that he's got a middle name that appears in his email. I never knew Australians had middle names. No, I don't know. I think it's, I mean, that... I think it's, I think it's for Sheila. S for Sheila. I think that's what it is. <laughs> well, listen, hopefully, hopefully Trav has got all the details. He'll be joining us shortly for our... Um, heaven seven dream team feature and he'll be talking about his top seven aussies um, and once we've done that we'll be reviewing um an absolutely massive week in fantasy land and um and we'll be talking about a few other things as well a few news i caught up with a few fans of the of, of the pod yesterday in the flesh birdie but mm. listen to, let, let's let's um let's get the ball rolling with the big big feature of this week's um podcast and say hello to Victorian legend Travis Martin. Hello, Trav. Good evening, gents. We all okay? Yeah, good. Nice and nice to have you on, Trav. Yeah, well. thanks. We got you in the end. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Well, there's quite a few people who are quite amazed that you were um, you, you, you signed up to this, Trav. But it's an absolute pleasure to have you. I know you've been busy tonight, rallying the troops as you're um, leading the midweek team, and you seem to have a lot of people volunteering to serve under you. I'm very impressed with the uh, response so far tonight, mate. Um, doesn't look like we're going to be struggling to get a team together. Um, really looking forward to the night season kicking off, to be honest with you. Um, just, you know, I'm only playing nights, as you're probably aware, so I'm looking to get the whites out of the loft at some point and the gear down, down the ladder and uh, might even have to head down and, and put the pads on for a net at some point. So really looking forward to the start of the season. And what and what sort of skipper are you going to be, Trav? Are you going to be a kind of a Steve War mental disintegration kind of guy, a kind of Alan Border not enjoying it till it's finished? Or are you going to be a bit more of a sort of Michael Vaughan, arm round the shoulder, be with the lads, you know, taking it all kind of, you know, fairly easy? Well, there'll be no Michael Vaughan involved, obviously. You know, you, you did refer to my cricketing hero there, at uh, Steve War. So uh, perhaps I'll take a thing or two out of uh, Tugger's uh, book there and see how we get on. Right, well, we start with an easy question that we knew the answer to. But listen, you're on tonight because we're going to be um, filling in your all-time Australian fantasy seven. We had Craig Lynch talking about um, the South African players that he admired. And, and you come prepared tonight. And Birdie and I have been doing a little bit of background as to who we would we would pick. But you're going to give us your, your top seven Aussies that would be in your fantasy team. Do you want to run through those for us? Happy to start now, mate. Yep. Any particular order or uh, just well, go the, the, you know, I mean, I, I, I hesitate to tell one of the club captains this, but the batters tend to come first. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah. It's fantasy rules, Trav. Two batters. That's fine. Two, two batters, two bowlers, two all-rounders. Yep. You got it. Um, as you guys, when you probably looked into it, personally, I've only done it from my lifetime. Obviously, there's a great Australian uh, 
who none of us ever saw, but his, his figures are, you know, out of this world. I, I have not included the great Sir Don. Um, so I've, I've looked at people in my lifetime, obviously. Uh, looking through it, I thought there was four or five that automatically picked themselves. I, you know, I'll be surprised I've got, you know, haven't got four or five in line with me. But starting off, I've gone for punter Ricky Ponting, uh, true legend of the game. Um, you know, I, I personally rate him in the top two or three batsmen that we've seen, certainly up there with Lara and, uh, and Tendulkar. So, you know, I think Ponting uh, is a guaranteed starter for me. Uh, currently, Steve Smith, um, not a huge fan of his technique and things, but I think he's, his stats uh, are second to none. So Steve Smith and Ponting would be my two batsmen. A uh, couple of close ones there, you know, Looking back at other batsmen, perhaps we could have had, you know, Michael Clark, Hayden, you know, Greg Chappell, if you look back a little bit low, a bit earlier, you know, even David Warner. But I think those two for me are the, the standout batsmen. Um, so they're my two batters. Looking further down the track. Uh, now, I did find it a little bit difficult as to what the criteria for an all-rounder was. I looked at over 100 international wickets and a couple of thousand runs. I thought if you'd done that in your, particularly for Australia, that was a pretty good effort. Um, so one of my all-rounders would be Stephen Roger War. Uh, he would also be my captain. Uh, true hero of mine. Uh, you know, 10,927 test runs speaks enough. And also handy with the ball. Took, you know, took 287 first-team wickets. Uh, over the over his tests and one day career, so you know I think he's a, he's a must. The next position for me, I did struggle with a little bit. Uh, I went with Mitchell Johnson. Now you're probably going to say he's not an all rounder, but he has scored over two thousand test runs. Uh, so I, you know, for me that put him into the all rounder status. So I'm going to have Mitchell Johnson, who can obviously bowl a bit of heat as well. Following up, I think the. Uh, Guarantee uh, bowl would obviously be warning. I don't think there's any questions asked about that. He's in the team. Uh, and my other bowler I went for was um, was Binger, Brett Lee. Now, no McGrath. Uh, I thought Brett Lee mainly because he can handle the bat as well. So Brett Lee followed up, and then I think there's no questions that Gilchrist is the wicket keeper. Um, so, yeah, that's my, that's my seven. We've got Ponting, Smith. Steve War, Mitchell Johnson, Warney, Brett Lee, and Gilchrist. Well, that is that. That's really interesting. Um, I'll tell you what is I think a, a tough call is the all rounders because Australia have not produced a lot really. I mean, you're absolutely right. If you look at if you look at people with two thousand runs and a hundred wickets in tests, then Mitchell Johnson is third. He's just mm. above Moen Alley. So you've not produced lots of test all rounders. Not many um, at, at all. I mean, clearly some great players in the other. The other, the other uh, departments. So I think that's 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 pretty. Good. I think there are. It is interesting if you look at the Aussies. There are a couple of absolute nailed on certs. But let's let Birdie. What 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 are you, what do your Australian seven look like? Yeah. No. Thanks for those, Trav. Very uh, very eloquent. Very well researched. Um, and uh, no doubt uh, mine are going to be similar in some departments as you predicted. But I'm gonna, and, and I did most of them from kind of my era, which I think goes back yeah. a little bit earlier than yours. 
And uh, I've actually gone with with my openers. I did toy with Bradman, but I just thought, you know, you're right. I think he'd be adaptable, but it's just too too far away. So I went with um, the uh, the late great Dean Jones. Is he a fellow Victorian, Trav? I think he he was a fellow fellow Victorian, mate. Yes, yeah, so I had, yeah. had the old sign back from Dino there. Nice. Uh, I can see where you're coming from there. Yeah, now he kind of changed the game a little bit. Um, and uh, I remember him from the, the late eighties, you know, on the telly. And also, I saw him in a match up at. Um, I saw him in a test match, and also I saw him in a, in a warm up match for the '89 tour with my other opener, which is David Boone. I've gone for him um, because I think he was a pretty pretty decent one day player as well. So I've gone for uh, for Booney, and he can obviously drink as well. He can. Uh, he can well, he does hold the record for the for the uh, flight indeed. from Australia. I think it was thirty eight cans of VB. Yeah, yeah, yep. Indeed, yeah. Story. He'll he'll lead the singing and the drinking. So that's Dino and Booney up front. Um, my all-rounders. I also went for uh, for Steve Wall, and I think you, know, you you kind of got to, and I'll be surprised if Bash doesn't also complete the uh, the triple on that one. But I went for an, a slightly unusual all-rounder um, because I think, as Bash says, you often you know with the Aussies, it's either a bowler who you know who's pretty good at batting or a batter who's pretty good at bowling, and the genuine all-rounder is is missing. But I think we've got one here, which is Keith Miller from the from the very mm. kind of the forties and fifties, and I always remember the phrase that. Um, I can't remember. I think he was. Someone said to him, "You know, what? What were the, the the pressure of a test match?" And uh, he was an ex um, Second World War fighter pilot, and he said, uh, "The only pressure I've ever felt is when a Messerschmitt's up my backside." So, uh, so I kind of quite like that quote from Keith. And he, you know, devil may care atmosphere. Gilchrist is the keeper. I, I, you know, I think again, Bash uh, would be. I'd be surprised if we didn't pick him. Um, Warney, I've gone with. But I've also gone with uh, I've gone with Dennis Lilly, and, as, and uh, I think you know that kind of almost speaks for itself. But if you've not seen it, there's a great video. It's a it's a domestic Aussie uh, cut match towards the end of Lilly's career, and Viv Richards was playing in the uh, the opposition, so he was playing for one of the state teams, and uh, and uh, Lilly's team had set a really small total. I always remember there's a great video of Lilly bowling an over to uh, Viv Richards, like five bouncers on the trot, and the and the sixth ball the over goes straight through his stumps. So almost for that alone, he gets into my team. So I so did. I, I must be honest with you there, Adrian. I, I did have Lily on my list, along with obviously McGrath could be another one, I guess. Yeah. Um, and actually, another one I quite liked was was Billy the Kid, uh, Craig McDermott. Yeah. Um, you know, had a bit of fire in the belly about him, but um, no, I did stick with with Binger Lee there because he can hold a bat as well. Yeah. So there's mine. Right. Well, I've 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 gone for a slightly different approach. I've got some I agree with. I think there are some there are some who are up there at the who who I don't think will ever live to see their their, their like again. So I would, but I would go for I would go for my batsman. I would go for Bradman because I think what you hear about his technique and the way he went with a golf ball and using a cricket stump against his garage wall. And the fact that he was so far ahead of his contemporaries, I think he would have been a genius in any era, in any format. I mm. think he was so adaptable. And I think people do talk about Smith being the nearest thing to him in the modern day. So I'd go for I'd go for, for Bradman as my batsman. I don't think there's any doubt that you'd have to go for for Ponting. I mean, in many ways, the ideal Aussie, a thoroughbred who's popped over here a couple of times and had quite... Um, disappointing results in Ashes series. So he's the sort of, you know, perfect Australian from our point of view, someone you pay to watch, but doesn't actually win the win the relevant series. So I think he'd be him and Bradman first up. I think as a um the bowlers, I think Warren's absolutely nailed on. I think he's probably the best of all time. 
I would have probably gone for DK Lilly. I think he, certainly for our generation, certainly resonates as um, a real sort of firebrand, you know, had a bust up with Java, had aluminium bat, headband, great attitude. Um, so I would have, I'd have um, Lilly and Warren, I think, as my two, two bowlers. In terms of a wicketkeeper, I think from what I can read and what I have read, I think the 1948 keeper Don Talon is often is often seen as one of the best ever. But I think in terms of a record, you can't look beyond Gilchrist. I mean, he's he's so he's averaging nearly 50. Um, he's he's kind of like a third better than someone like say Mark Boucher from South Africa, who was a great wicketkeeper batsman. And I think he changed the game. I think he changed the game in terms of run rates and stuff like that. So I think he was a he was a phenomenal player. Now, in terms of all rounders, I think I think the cover's pretty bare there. I think you've got some absolute legends in other areas. I would go for Richie Benno. Mm. Um, mm. And I think he's he's someone he scored over two thousand runs, two hundred and forty eight wickets, and, and his average is his batting average isn't great, his bowling average is pretty good. And I think, I think, um, I think, you know, I, I do like to see um, a leg spinner. In terms of my other all-rounder, I would go for Keith Miller. I think his bowling stats are kind of Malcolm Marshall level, and he averaged nearly forty. And I think he's the closest the Australians have ever had to a sort of a top draw all-rounder. It's closest to a Sobers or a Callis, um, or perhaps a. A Botham, and and he was as 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 Birdie said. I mean, you know, he should get into any team based on his war record. Never mind anything else. But um, he's a Victorian like you, Trav, and he played. He was pretty good um, Aussie rules footballer in his earlier days. And I was wondering, just as we get to the end of this segment, what was your winter sport when you were back over in Australia? Did you play any rules? I did play Aussie rules. Yep, up until I was about eighteen. Certainly. In fact, I played it longer than I played cricket. I yeah, uh, I stopped playing cricket when I was fifteen in Australia. Mate, and didn't take it back up till I moved over here at 30. So right. I had 15 okay. years without playing cricket. Okay, so you obviously don't play Aussie rules over here. I mean, it's a, it's a bit mystifying as a game. I mean, is, is the ball involved at all or is it just fighting? <laughs> well, <laughs> funny you should say that because if you went back into the, the 80s and 90s, it was more fighting. Now it's, you know, it's a bit like the Premier League. There's cameras everywhere. You know, they can't get away with much anymore, unfortunately. But uh, if you ever got a spare half an hour, just look up the greatest hits, Aussie rules, and you'll see some proper uh, proper men going at it. Right. Well, I, I remember watching something a long time ago because I know they used to have a kind of combined rules game where they played the Gaelic footballers from Ireland. Did you ever see that? Yeah, they did. It was international rules. Uh, they used to come over here. It was the end of the season, so it was a bit of a... Let's, uh, a piss up for the Aussies to come over and uh, try and have a bit of a fight with the Irish, basically. Um, yeah, well, my, my I, I watched it. I've seen a little bit of it on YouTube, and it actually looks like it's sort of like the UFC without the cage. Well, yeah, they breed us tough down under, mate. You know, we we, we play pretty physical sport. You know, that's the way we are down there. Well, I think I, I can see I can see now on WhatsApp lots of people suddenly withdrawing from the midweek team as they get an idea about what the skipper's approach is going to be. Uh, yeah. So listen, well, that's been absolutely. It's been great to get you get you on the pod, Trav. I know a lot of people were really looking forward to hearing um, hearing your uh, your views. Listen, you're welcome to stay for the rest of it. We're going to be trolling through a few more uh, club legends, but I know that just just as we wrap up this section, you've been involved in a little bit of a controversy, haven't there? A few people have been 
uh, saying a few things about your about your record. In particular, though, at 439 first team wickets, you know, all of those people, you know, belonging to, um, you know, being sons of the soil. I mean, is there anything, any any final comment you want to make? Remember, keep it all clean. You know, this is on Spotify. We can't get censored. Well, you know, if, if my record of, I think it was 429 first team record uh, wickets, Birdie took just as many during that time. So he's got just as many farms under his belt, I guess, as well. So, you know, if that's the way it is. Uh, I did notice a, a couple of the people took five for at the weekend. So the farms must be back playing on a, on, a, on a Saturday as well in the first team. So all good as far as I'm concerned, mate. Happy with Excellent that. Excellent stuff. Excellent. Well, listen, all the very best for the midweek season. It'd be great to... Um... Be great to see a bit of success. It's great to see so many people signing up for a bit of midweek excitement. I think the lockdown has really generated a lot of excitement for getting out there and playing. Um, and on behalf of Birdie and myself, thanks very much for coming along. And we're looking forward to um, seeing you in action over the next few evenings. All right. Appreciate that, fellas. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Great stuff. Right. Okay. So, well, there we go. There we go. Great to hear from Trav, Birdie. And, um, and let's... Um, Let's go from a, a an all-time great Aussie seven to a just-this-week Kingsley seven. Yeah, yeah. Big points scored this week. Big points, Bash. Um, bigger than last week. And uh, if I keep saying that every week, it's going to be real big. So let me talk you through uh, the big scorers and uh, our regular feature team of the week. And then we'll just look at the table um, before we finish up with a few things. So just quickly going down the big scorers in each category. If you'd have had uh, unlimited funds, we are looking at your all-rounders being Ben Ainsworth on 78 points, Chaz Loy on 115. Chaz picked up the the, uh, the first five for this weekend. So they're your all-rounders. Needless to say, Ali Begg nipping in with a, he, he double bubbled on the uh, on the weekend as did uh, Enzo, 245 points. He cashed in. And uh, you okay? You okay there, Bash? Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah. uh, I'm just, I'm listening to you, Birdie. I'm just, uh, I've just nipped out and done my Christmas shopping as you get through it. <laughs> oh, I think that's a rodent in there with you. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, he's got uh, the batsman joining him uh, in the in the uh, the top. There is George Waring on forty points. Uh, your uh, your bowlers are Fainty. Fainty's becoming a very consistent scorer. Scored high now for the last uh, two weeks. Um, alongside him would actually be Robbo. Robbo is your next highest um, scorer as a bowler. And as it happens in fancy land every now and again, he actually scored all those points for batting. Um, so Robbo is your next bowler. And the keeper, nipping Eddie by one point, is uh, the new guy, Matty Dunning, on 37. You add that lot up, you end up with 619 points, but they would have cost you 59 million. So bringing it down into uh, a little bit more reality, if you wanted to get that in the 45 million bracket, what you'd have had to do is you'd have had to lose Enzo. Sorry, Enzo, you're gone. We keep Chaz Loy and we bring Wilson in as our all-rounder for 6 million. He got you 30 points. We keep Ali Begg in the team. We keep George Waring in the team. Your bowlers go. Fainty, sorry, you, you've got to go. Uh, Robbo, you've got to go. We're going to bring in Patrick Briscoe, three million, and we're going to bring in Becky Jones, three million. They didn't score many points, but we've got to get uh, the, the, the cost down. And also, we'd have had to put Jules in as the keeper. We've got to lose Maddie Dunning, 
to, be, to enable us to have Chaz and uh, and Beggy lose Maddie Dunning, bring Jules in. Jules actually didn't score any points. Controversial stumping, which I'm sure Jules will tell you all about if you uh, if you want to hear it off my bowling that wasn't given. Um, but uh, Jules is six million zero points. You put that lot together, forty four mil, four hundred forty three points. Yep. So that's the best you could have got for your money on uh, the weekend. Four four three. Let's now look at that in terms of the league. Um, so if we go to the leagues, remember that four four three, and the highest scorer this week. So the highest scoring manager this week. There's only three managers that got over the four hundred point mark, and the top one was our friends Firecrest CC. Not sure who the owners are, but it's Firecrest CC. They got four three two points. So whoever owns Firecrest. Pretty well, because they were only, what, 11, 11 points off of the maximum they could have got. Two more 400 boys were seven fine legs. And also nipping in someone called the Real Big Bash, 410 points. So he or she had a good week, Bash. Sure well, I mean, I can exclusive, exclusive reveal. It's not a big surprise. That's me. And I have wow. to say, I, was, I, I played for the Sundays. I put myself in the team so I could afford Ali Beg, and he came back out to about 50 undefeated for the last over. And sometimes young players need to be protected from themselves, Birdie. They do. So th that first ball was always going to be a single. Yeah. He needed to be down the other end. Yes, and did. we did that. We did that. And, um, and and Ali did. He did really well. I mean, not only did he sort out GD training on Friday, he turns up twice over the weekend and masses of points. So a great yeah. weekend from him. That's boosted me up the table a little bit. And we're all chasing Danny Mullins down, aren't we? We are indeed. He, he hung on. He had a massive haul in week one and he's hung on. He's a, he's got a 20 point only cushion. And as we know, in fancy land now, that could that can change in a heartbeat. But he's still out there on eight, eight, four, five points with the seven fine legs and Jimmy Cricket um, chasing him down around about 800 points. But uh, any, anything could happen. Yeah. So an exciting week. Great stuff, great stuff. Well, listen, I was um, I was um, very pleased to catch up with um, and, and talk about Fantasy League with a few people yesterday um, who were up at the Croft socially distancing, but I had a chance to uh, to talk to them. The levels of excitement are absolutely, it's like a kind of, um, it's like the Salem Witch Trials, but in a positive way, Birdie. Fever pitched. <laughs> absolutely yeah. fever pitched. And, um, and I caught up with, and, and actually all fans of the pod, it was a bit, I think, what, I think what's known today is a bit of a flash mob. <laughs> people talking wanted to talk about the about the pod and what was going to be on it very positive about uh, fantasy league and, um, and 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 what you do notice is there's nothing like a big first team win to prompt a few people to you know walk down to the ground on a sunday just to bask in the adulation so i caught up with a few guys Chaz was there fainty was there also caught up with harry Wayne. we talked about a few things one of the things we talked about was obviously Word has got around about the um, bouncing off the ground limited edition mugs, and we were, and we were all there resplendent in our new training kit. And there was a bit of um, analysis of what was actually on the Kingsley badge. But we were talking about what we might do next in terms of merchandising and um, and 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 KCC um, sort of bespoke gear. I'm very a big fan of getting some proper bobble hats because April will not be this warm next year. We won't have three on the run and we'll need those. Harry Waring really fancies a Kingsley badge carpet. Does he? Yeah, mm. yeah. I was talking to talking to the, um, the big H about that. He fancies one, kind of like a 
like a Floyd Merriweather feel to the house, all done in kind of Kingsley C, you know, Kingsley CC yeah, blingy yeah, stuff. But yeah, a, a nice, a nice rug that might be it might be an option. I think bobble hats a bit more um, achievable. Well, yeah, for they... men such as us, Bash, who uh, you know um, who didn't have maybe have not got the thatch we used to, then uh, bobble hats are good for us. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I think that's something we should do. Or maybe maybe some bouncing off the. I don't know. If you can get bouncing off the ground completely around. I mean, there are some heads you could actually get the whole title of the. Of the pod around the circumference, we won't name them. We might name them next week when we've had a few beers, but that'd be an option. A bouncing off the ground podcast uh, bobble hat—that might be something to look at in the close season. But I tell you what, well, we had that conversation. There's a really interesting point raised. Chaz asked me where the name had come from from the podcast, and he had a, his own spin on it. So my my suggestion was bouncing off the ground was very much about. And the fact that the rain bounces off the ground, so you do this sort of stuff when it's raining, but also bouncing off the ground suggests broadcasting. Chaz's line, which is an even better one, which is he thought bouncing off the ground was like when you're coming off after completing a big win. Yeah, that, well, that, that's what I always thought. Yeah, that was. That yeah, was... Well, I, well, that's what I always thought now. Yeah. I just didn't think that before, but I thought that yeah. was a pretty good. Um, we'll pretty good. That. Yeah, no, I think we will. We'll, we'll, I'm really glad, as Captain Mannering would say. I'm really glad I thought of that. Yeah, good on you. So that was that. So that was the that was the um, that was the bit I wanted to just um, up, update about. And before we wrap up for this week, we're trying to keep things down to uh, to um, to kind of half an hourish because I know um, I know I know Piggy likes to listen to it a couple of times, and if it's down to half an hour, he can he can do that um, quite easily. But I thought that we maybe ought to mention the um, the, the match reports, Bernie. And yeah. I thought next week we ought to get on legendary match reporters. So, yeah. so that'd be me and Mike. Um, I mean, yeah. obviously, you'd be welcome to join as well if That's, you're available. Uh, very kind. Yes, I have. Uh, I've. Uh, I did. I think I did four or five years at least of that bash before your time. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, if yeah. Well, listen, but I think I think I think we have uh, we have got a the baton has been passed. It was Shakespeare's birthday last Friday. Get him on. And yeah. and I think I think if Mike's as good um, with the spoken word as he is with the written word, because. I mean, the feedback on his match reports has been fantastic, and 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 people are are describing how they've um, they've been reading them and laughing out loud. And I think that's a real tribute to someone when they um, when they put pen to paper and they can actually capture a moment and maybe add a little bit, and yeah. people read it and uh, and laugh out. So so Mike, I'm sure he's a ma- he must be a massive podcast fan, a man of a man of words. I have, he, I have no doubt. Yeah, uh, he must be. He must be. He must be as keen as anybody else. So we'll yeah. get him on next week, and maybe, maybe Mike can run us through his um, his favourite cricketing seven, and um, and and we'll see where we get to. And we're going to have to line up lots of guests now between the end of the year because I think the the appetite for a weekly update on fantasy league is is absolutely fantastic. So, so listen, that's what I want to run through. I've got one thing to say before the end, Billy, but anything else from you before we wrap up? Well, the only thing I'm thinking of, Brad, I'm racking my brains at the moment to try and think about how we can uh, do a, do this cup draw. And uh, and the only thing I've, I've thought of so far, as we know, you know, Robbo is a, a huge fan of the, of the pod. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things I thought is he could, he could borrow one of uh, George Waring's uh, Sharpie pens. And uh, if he puts on his plant pots on the market on a, uh, on a Thursday morning, if he writes the numbers, you know, one to 52 on, on 52 plant pots, when he sells them, you know, the order in which they get bought, then they could, they could go into the cup drawer. Couldn't it? You know, so, so some, you know, some old lady buys, you know, plant number 16, and then some old guy comes along and buys plant 24, plays 24. 
and and we can do it that way. So it's it's the people's choice for the people's cup bash. What about that as an idea? Okay, I think um, I think lockdown's been tough on people, and I just wonder, Adrian, whether you're spending enough time with with other grown sentient adults. To be absolutely honest, Rob will be on the phone straight after this. He'll he'll lap that up. Definitely. Well, I'm listening. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Robbo will be will be up to, up for it. Definitely. Definitely. Well, listen. I think that's um, it, it's an idea. Let's put it that way. It's absolutely. It's definitely an idea. Whether it's a good idea or not, we'll have to we'll have to see. But I think I think the appetite is such that some sort of cup competition is an absolute uh, an absolute must have. And I guess players still score points if they play in cup games, don't they? Is everything it, apart from junior games is everything? So you think you think next uh, couple of, well couple of weeks time we'll we'll have f- four games. It's, it's, it's two Saturdays, a Sunday, mm. and a uh, and a and a nights, and you're going to get a midweek cup game thrown in there as well. Sometimes it's five five games in a week. The computer is going to be going to be smoking. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing a great job coordinating all Adrian. It's absolutely it's absolutely brilliant, and I know it's captured everyone's um, imagination. So listen on that on that. Um, on that note, let's end things for tonight. I know that a lot of people are desperately waiting for the pod to be published. So I'll go away and um, stick it all together and stick my yeah. pencil in the cassette and wind it back. But, you know, we had a bit of Christian last week about the intro music. Uh, if, yeah. you're, if you're listening on Spotify, you're going to be able to go out on a tune. It, listen, it means a lot to you and me, Bird, doesn't it? The lyrics mean a lot. The sentiment means a lot. So yeah. we're just going to take it away with a very special piece of music that just captures the moment. We hope everyone enjoys it, and um, we'll look forward to catching up with everyone. Indeed, in the yeah. in the days ahead, obviously for the games at the weekend, we'll be back next Monday with more excitement on Fantasy League Week Three. Indeed, time for me to put my James faint pajamas on. Absolutely, Nash. See you soon. It certainly is, Adrian. Take care, mate. <laughs>